And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, the Bible is the great equalizer. Everyone is a sinner, men and women. In the scriptures, God uses men and women constantly. It gets old hearing about how the Bible is more favorable towards men. I'd like to see how this played out without Eve. Somebody please tell me. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel were significant in biblical drama. Miriam was a leader. Deborah was a leader. Martha and Mary were involved in the gospel. And without Mary, the mother of Jesus, we have a real big issue. <laughs> That's uh, pretty necessary. So it shouldn't surprise anyone when God uses women to make the kingdom happen. Next, mocking is one of the great promises for the believer. How exciting. It happened in the Old Testament. It was promised in the New. God blesses you. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. They mocked Israel for being poor, weak, and a different race. And Christians, by the way, are from another seed. And indeed, we are a unique race. And finally, what do we do when we're in the middle of a project? We recognize the project that has been that uh, has been made. Instead of complaining about it, we look at the progress that we've made in the project and say, man, we, we're getting in the fire. We're starting to step into this. We're starting to get this accomplished. It's starting to get done. We celebrate some of our progresses even when they're tiny. You know that saying, three steps forward and two steps back? You ever heard that saying? Yeah, it's still net one step. Appreciate the advancements and recognize that the finished picture we think we see is incomplete, but God's portraits are all masterpieces. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us live during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. Let me make sure that my little email account's up. Okay, got it. david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you get to talk to Captain Chris. And just like Noelle got this weekend, she got an ice cream blast with M&M's. It's just like that when you talk to Captain Chris, because then you will be... Sailing takes me away to where I'm going. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> it's 
really I need to call myself. It sounds great. Yeah. She was really in the mood. You know how you get – just sometimes it's like, I'm in the mood for this. And she had been working as hard as she'd been working. So just for those people that didn't know, she worked 80, like 85 hours in that one week. They did 90-plus thousand dollars in one day. So when she said, I would like this, I said, okie dokie. <laughs> just in case you're wondering how that went. That's how that went. Uh, if you've got a praise report, a prayer request, you got something you want to share, not a kvetch fest, but an opportunity to encourage one another. I'm a companion to all them that fear you, Lord. That's what David said in Psalm 119, verse 63. We are companions together. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord, one dad, blood relatives, drinking of one spirit. You have the opportunity to encourage and strengthen and bless one another or just be praying for one another, which we should be doing on a regular basis. Here is your trivia question, true or false? Matthew tells us that an angel warned the wise men not to return to Herod in a dream. True or false? True or false? Play the horn. True or false? Okay, now listen to the question before you respond. Matthew tells us that the angel warned the wise men not to return to Herod in a dream. Now, there's a reason I did that, okay? So that's all I can say. You really want to look at Matthew 2.12, and you have been given the horn. <laughs> People are like, okay, yes, yes. You have been given the horn. In the meantime, i uh, got a lot to do. Before we get into the text, I want to give everybody a couple of quick updates. Uh, I'm finishing my school, this class, so I've got – I put my two assignments in today. I have another assignment I've already completed. So I have one two-page assignment I need to finish in the next two weeks, and that will be done. Then I'll be off for a week, which is like, <laughs> praise the Lord. And then they ask your opinion at the end of every class. So I always give them my opinion, as you know, two Jews, three opinions. That's kind of how it works. And my opinion was that they should have less homework. <laughs> I know. It just <laughs> They're not going to listen, but I thought, meh, why not? All right, so that's number one. Uh, and then I already told you everybody's doing a little bit better. And I'd really like – now I'm going to ask you guys to do something. We're not going to do it right now, but I want you to do it while you're praying for the audience, praying for recovery. Some people have physical, emotional, psychological – uh, 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 or relational dreams or relational needs, sorry. And then in these things, they, they, they need people to be praying for them. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. But that's also the people that help us do this show, like Don, who owns the station, and Jennifer, who runs the station, and Chris, who helps coordinate this show, which you would not be listening to if he didn't help. I'm just saying, okay? So... When you're praying for everybody and their blessing, please pray for Don and Jen and Chris too. Okay. Okay. Is that good enough to get my five bucks for that, or is that? Uh... It's in the mail. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. This this already this trivia question has sparked quite a bit of controversy. True or false? In this is in. Uh, I'm telling you where it is. It's Matthew chapter two verse twelve. That's the one we're looking for. So Matthew tells us. Remember. That was part of the thing. Matthew tells us that the angel warned the wise men not to return to Herod in a dream. 
All right, I'm going to leave it right there. We're going to go into the teaching because then you guys can get mad about it later. Here we go. Here is the first time I want to talk about. We're in Nehemiah. For those that do not know, we're in Nehemiah chapter 3, and I am skipping leaps and bounds. And you say, why are you skipping? Why aren't you teaching an expository? Because I don't feel that this part is going to help you as much as it will if you just read it. This part where it says, next to them were Mattia and the, from Gibson and Jaden and Murnoth and the people from Gibeah and Mitzvah and the headquarters of the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River. Next to Zela's son was Harhaya, a goldsmith by trade who also worked on the wall beyond him. And then Hanaya and then a manufacturer of perfumes. They left out a section in Jerusalem. I could do that. It's an entire chapter. I'm not doing that. You get the picture? Here's the part I, I want to get to, and then we're going to leap into Nehemiah 4. But listen to this part. Uh, then came Malkajah, son of Harim, and Hasub, son of Pahathasub, who repaired the tower of the ovens. In addition to other sections of the wall, Shalom, son of Halashesh, and his daughters— Repaired the next section. Somehow, some way, in some capacity, because to be truly honest, a lot of times people in authority are often male, and that is not an abnormal thing. And in the family, that's not an abnormal thing, nor any other way is it really abnormal. And Adam was created first and then Eve, and the joke is God did better once he was done with his best. Yes, I think it's a funny joke too. Here's the bottom line. God uses men and women all the time. And if it gruffs you or moves you wrong that women are included, there might be something a little not right there. Not that Women are entitled to every position in the church because the world says so, because nobody cares what the world says. They're a bunch of idiots. That's the nice way to say that in the sense of church government. But because God is very careful to include everybody, it's not even the biggest break. It's not even female and male. It's Jew and Gentile. That's the big, big break. And God includes all the Gentiles. He includes all the men and the women. He even includes the children. If it rubs you wrong that God uses women like Deborah or different people at different times, there's something probably wrong on your end. It's not on God's end. God uses willing vessels who love him, who are committed to him, who understand him. And I think it's a little weird that to church—you know what church does sometimes? It overreacts. Now, I'm not in agreement with women being in every single position in the church because the Bible is very clear that's not appropriate. But I am not in favor of censoring women with the way that people have tried to censor them and say that Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel were not involved with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Of course they were. Of course they were involved. I cannot figure out how you can get past Adam without Eve. How do you get... <laughs> there is no... Okay. And let alone, we're not even talking about Mary, and let's give her her props, though... Uh, the Catholic Church has done way too much by deification, and that's inappropriate. She still gets the softer end on the evangelical church because they don't want to be like deification people. And it's like, well, that's dumb, too. She did quite a bit of good. God thought she was good enough to, to be the carrier of the Son of the Most High God. That's pretty good. See what we do? You just... Just find the balance. God uses everybody, and he loves everybody. And will use anybody who's willing to be one of his servants. 
That's all. All I'm saying. So he used women to help build the wall. Get over it. Okay? All right. I'm not going to answer the trivia question until we get back so I can read two different translations so you can see what's going on. Everybody will appreciate that. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. A couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. We'll That's talk, bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, ha-ha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million so far in order to get monkeys drunk in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere, Dave. There's no... I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. Whoa! 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, for those of you that normally know how I do the show, I purposely waited on this particular question, and there is a reason why. So the question, if you remember the question, we'll just kind of go over it, make sure everybody knows. Yes, we are going to have another question. Relax. Uh, True or false, Matthew tells us that an angel warned the wise men not to return to Herod in a dream. Now I'm going to read about nine different translations from Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. Here's what it says. And having been, this is the, let's see, is this the first one I want to use? First one, NIV. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Next version. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. English Standard Version, which is one of the best. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Berean Study Bible. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they withdrew to this country by another route. King James Version. If being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Well, you got to switch up how you talk when you do the King James sometimes. New King James. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. New American Standard. After being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. It doesn't say angel. That's the trick. (laughs) And unfortunately, my very own Captain Chris said, you're getting a little too much glee out of that. (laughs) So now I will give you another one to help redeem you. This is it. Uh, See, there was no angel. See, that's why I said that. Okay, all right. Here's another one. This will help you redeem. Every one of you should get this. But you have to play the horn again. Wow. All right. How many chapters are in the book of Hezekiah? How many chapters are in the book of Hezekiah? If you think you know, you can reach out to us. 972-445-0770 or you can text in 214-210-8483 or you can send an email david at hemustincrease.org I'm on a roll today. This is Monday Fun Day. I'm having more fun than all of you. How many chapters in the book of Hezekiah? (laughs) Somebody's calling in going, you lost it! Somebody ready to answer? I'm going to give them that chance to answer. And you should. <laughs> a lot of redemption coming right now, and a lot of the people that are texting. Uh, very good, very good. Are we ready? All right, let's go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, David, this is Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? I'm doing good. Awesome. Doing good. Oh, it's very well. Thank you. Amen. All right. Now, this is a classic question that I have actually used in church, <laughs> in actual church yeah, service, uh, just just yeah, to get people going, right? How yeah. many how many chapters are in the book of Hezekiah? Well, I'm still looking at my Bible. I can't find Hezekiah. That's correct. Know. There is no book of Hezekiah. 
There is no book called Hezekiah, but that never stops people from opening up their Old Testament and starting to look. <laughs> like, where is yeah, that? Where is that, Hezekiah? What they need to be doing is learning the Bible. Huh? Yeah, they need to be in there a little more often than when a pastor asks a question. That might be a good idea. Amen. Amen. I knew you'd get that for us, and I appreciate it. No, no such book. Hezekiah's King in Israel. Just one of those classic. It just sounds like a book of the Bible. People are like, oh, there's four, five, eight, 12, 15, 20. Hike. None. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, we all fumble and fall sometime, and uh, unfortunately, that shows the. Lack of study. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the things you got to watch because when they make it more difficult for people to use Bibles or when they make the word of God illegal, which they will, people need to know what the word says because you're not going to have the same access that you do now. So you might as well just get prepared and know what it has to say. That is just a, a very key to the future. What you're saying, without a book, we should still know the word and be able to pronounce it and uh, claim victory over our spiritual invisible enemies and, and all those that are against us. I mean, that you just got to have the word. It's a sort of spirit. We've got to use it to defend ourselves against the evil ones. Yeah, and that you know what's so important about that is that's why you hear me on a regular basis trying to get people to cultivate a relationship of fellowship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will remind them everything Jesus said. So that's a big part of it. So it all kind of works right. together, right? That's right. All yeah. right. Good job, brother. Yeah. I believe those that are born again, they, they'll they be in the book. I, I just can't believe that anybody's not born again without just uh, devouring the Bible to know it about, about reading instead of, yep. you know, just kind of being accused or called and not doing anything about their relationship with the Lord. So uh, I just uh, urge people, read the book and it'll give you life. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Good job, bro. All right. Good God, talk to you. All right. Yeah, God bless. Appreciate you. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. That's why we say here on the show, get your BFN in the book. We don't have any problems. They're big, fat nose. Hey, I don't care. If it works, it works. All right. Let me get into Nehemiah. We'll do the jokes later. I got so much stuff to do. Chris, aww. I had my buzzer ready. Oh, All right. Anyway, I'm skipping over to Nehemiah 4, so leave me alone. There, By the way, of all those things that listed all those different things, there's 36 Different groupings on people that worked on the on the wall. It wasn't 36 people, 36 groupings, uh, give or take, depending on uh, translations and versions. But that's okay. Here's what it says in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. Sambalah was very angry when he learned we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a day if they offer enough enough sacrifices? Look at those charred stones they're pulling out of the rubbish and using again. All right. The reason that I chose this portion to kind of dive into or from is, as you know, in the book of Nehemiah, we've already seen this in chapter three, there is an opposition to what Nehemiah is trying to accomplish. What Nehemiah is trying to accomplish is to rebuild the wall. 
Why? Because a wall that's broken down for a city is a shame to that city. And so, therefore, they need to rebuild the wall. They need to rebuild the boundaries of their country. They need to rebuild the boundaries of their promised land in order to have the things that take place inside the wall dedicated or devoted to God and not have cracks or big openings that allows the worldly influence to destroy their devotion or dedication to God. It's not that they don't interact with the world, but they don't allow the world to influence what the city or what the community is supposed to be. Gee, wouldn't that be great if the church took that lesson to heart? But anyway, going back to it, these people are mad that these people, the Jews, are trying to put something together, and they mock them. And I, I, the reason that I bring this up and that I stop here is, I mean, of course you could teach on all of it and go any direction you want. But the mocking is what closely connects us to some of the things that Jesus had to say. For example, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, when he talks about the mocking, he makes the reference to this, and it's important to understand what he says. He says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. In this case, they were saying them against the Jews because the Jewish people were being obedient to God. So there's three things, four things that come out of there. People get mocked, they get persecuted, they get lied about, and then all sorts of evil things are spoken about about them. And what Christians do is they think, oh, it's just unjust, or it's just wrong, or it's just this. But Jesus in his teaching said, God blesses you when you are mocked. When you get mocked for your faith, even for your silly we used to say it this way, so don't don't get angry. Silly putty, silly faith. It's just like, oh, you just got that silly putty, silly faith, don't you? Yes. Well, you're just goofy, and you're this, and blah, 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 blah. You know what? God blesses his kids when we go through that. God's like, yep, that's my kid right there. And it'll be the people that do the mocking that will be doing the most crying. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> that's going to happen. But you, when you go through that, I'm sorry that it's hard and that it hurts your feelings and that people make fun of you. I am sorry for you as a brother in the Lord. I love you in the Lord. I don't want anything bad like that to happen, but it's going to happen. And if it hasn't happened, it's going to happen. Remember, Jesus never said, if people offend you. Jesus said, when people offend you. So let's just keep that separate, okay? But if you are ever mocked for your faith, God smiles. Because that means that you are his. And he'll take care of the redemptive part of it. You just keep believing and be immovable in your faith. Okay? All right. Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? And God's it's like, there's no room there. It's like, well, no, 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 I, I, can, I can, you know, not vote for either kingdom. Well, let me get this straight. You're not voting for the kingdom of God. Therefore, you're also trying to be a supporter of the kingdom of darkness. How does that work? That doesn't work. 
And in, in lieu of that, you know, I was, uh, had a discussion with my son. We were talking about preparation and being ready because you never know when the Lord, you don't know when that trumpet's going to blow for you. You don't know at that moment where God's going to go ding dong, time's up. And I, say, I said, you always got to be ready. He said, well, you can't always be ready. It's like, no, you always got to be ready. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, be ready, always be ready for you do not know the day that the Lord will come. And that's not just from an eschatological point of view for life. That's for you individually. You got to be ready and watchful and aware because this is kingdom stuff. And there's a kingdom being built to glorify God, and there's all the opposing kingdoms. And it's a pretty straightforward question. Which kingdom are you trying to support? That's the question. And if you say, well, I'm not supporting any kingdom, then you are opposed to the kingdom of God. Because you're either helping advance his kingdom or you're in opposition. And that's where Jesus split the line. And you think, well, that, that doesn't seem fair. We have a great word around this show that we like to use every once in a while, but with tons of love. Tough. It's like, it's, it's not whether you think it's fair or not. You know, well, I don't think God, a God of love would do it this way or this way. Too bad what you think. You're not God. That's not up to you. Well, that's just what the Bible says. So let me get this straight. So you believe that God can create the universe, but he can't write a book? Boy, that argument's going to get lost every single time. So my whole point in bringing this up is there's it's not a contradiction at all. You're either for, you're either for in Luke 9, 49 and 50, you're either for the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ, trying to make declaration for the truth of God, or you're against the kingdom, whether you are verbally, physically against it, or whether you are verbally and physically doing nothing. There is no neutral. You're either a kingdom advancer or you're against the kingdom. And what's really hard, are you ready for your noodle to get baked here, is the decisions that we make advance kingdoms. Do we consider our decisions before we make these decisions, do we consider what kingdom we're impacting? Wow. Isn't that tough? The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're getting ready for our next trivia question, which will not have a horn. That's good. <laughs> We've done enough of those. That's good. All right. How many chapters are there in the book of Ezekiel? See? See? That's not. I mean, come on. That's not. Come on. You're thinking, I'm pretty sure it's this. But then what you might have to do is open up your Bible and look. Well, let's see. There's no book of Ezekiel. You're just tricking <laughs> us again. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. All right, if you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, and then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Okay? That's that. Number two, I cannot get this red pencil to work still. 
Chris and I are having a moment because my red pencil life is. Look at this. It's just It's just like I'm having the hard time with the red pencil. Red is not my pencil color, apparently, or red pen, or whatever it is. All right. So the question is, uh, Ezekiel, uh, how many chapters are in the book of Ezekiel? If you think you know, nine seven two. Four four five zero seven seven zero. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We also want to direct you to the website. There's always uh, stuff on the website. We're not done a lot since the last time I talked to you on Friday because I spent the three days hanging out with my wife because I hadn't seen her in such a long time. So I thought maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing to tell you that is important uh, is that, you know, I just I'm in a place now where I just need wisdom, 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 uh, and, and not just in school, but for the show and just just about for everything, uh, just to, to make sure I was reading in the scripture today. And there's a part in Job that he just he really kind of does a great job of defining that wisdom, something that everybody hunts for, is the most important thing, and you can't uh, you can't get it with uh, rubies and gold and silver. It's got to come from the fear of the Lord. So I just I loved it, and it's just one of those things that blessed me. So I'm just asking you uh, uh, to pray for uh, me and my family and everything, just asking for wisdom. But I'm still going to send you to the website for any praise reports, prayer requests, and then if you can give, great. If you can't, don't worry about it. But if you can give, go to he must increase.org. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. What is that, a symbol? What was that? Me landing, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you got to identify these. All right. Look, you get to pay for it, David. Uh, well, that's a good point, isn't it? <laughs> We're top-notch high-dollar show. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you? How are you today? I'm doing good. Did you have an okay weekend? Yeah, I went to church yesterday, and uh, I prayed for you. I appreciate that. I love when people pray for you pray for and us. your family and your staff and everything. I appreciate that. And they're, everybody's doing a little bit better, I mean, when when it happens. So one thing I don't like is people never give you updates. It's like, no, no, we're doing a little bit better. Everybody's well, doing that's a little good. better. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Exactly. All right, we got our good friend Ezekiel, which when you read that book, uh, you sometimes you read it and you go, Wow, what did that guy see? I mean, there was a lot there. Anyway, how many chapters are in the book of Ezekiel? I believe there's 43. Okay, now add five. Add five to 43? 48? That's correct, There's 48 chapters. There's 48 chapters. Yeah, double check okay. it. Double check. And if I'm wrong, it's I'm it's never a problem. You know, I got uh, you know a lot of people will text me in and say it was this or it's this, but I'm pretty sure unless it's a different translation, if it's a translation that lasts like 50 to 80 years, it should show 48. I'm pretty uh, sure. I had I've got I ch- it was King James version, and it's only showing 43. I thought I might be able to look at it wrong. Okay, but double check because three and eight, you know, you take the three and you put it on the other side of a three and then it becomes an eight, right? So, I mean, that's pretty close. <laughs> but I think it's for you. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to stand okay, with that. Okay, it might be. I might yeah, be. that's all right. That's all right. It doesn't matter. It's like you know it's right oh my there. God is infallible. <laughs> that's amen, brother. 
That is, uh, man, we should just start the show with that every time. Only God is infallible. Here we go. You know, it's kind of like kind of thing. That's the way we should be doing the show. Good job, though, and I love that you called in, and I'm always glad to hear from you. Okay. Thank All right. you. All right. God bless you. All right. So uh, 48. And if I'm wrong, if somebody's got a translation that's a little different, then tell me. I can. I don't get everything right. I got a wife that reminds me of that on a regular basis. Well, I was wrong. Thanks, honey. Okay. Although she doesn't like it when we're doing movies. I'm really good at it. That guy did it. But they just introduced him. I know, but he's a weird guy and it doesn't fit. Okay. Anyhow, let's let's, let's go to the history and then we'll go to the text. Let's go All right, today is – now let me say it right so that you don't misunderstand this. Today is card reading day, and by card reading, that means old cards that you got that you haven't looked at for a while that people have sent you that have kind of blessed you or encouraged you or something like that. It's that kind of card reading day, okay? So just making sure, okay? Uh, number two, it's National Sticky Bun Day. Okay, I got no problem with that. Is that all right with you? Did you bring any sticky buns? No. Well, then I'm not okay with it. All right. I gotta start doing that. Looking at this and going, hey, it's National Oreo Day, and then we'll have some Oreos in the. That's what we gotta start doing. 1842 on this day, the sewing machine was anch- uh, was invented, uh, not by Singer, but by John Greeno, uh, in, in 1842. In 1848, the first telephone book was issued. In 1953, the first DNA molecule is discovered. I still have a hard time with those. Anytime they do this thing where they say the first DNA was discovered. How do they know somebody in some other place didn't discover it and just wasn't popular enough to get it published? I just, I have a hard time with those things. It's like only God really knows that stuff. And then 2006, this was a bank robbery uh, record. Thieves steal 53 million pounds, about $92 million from a southern London cash center. It was the largest cash robbery in British history. Well, how do they know that one was the most? I don't, and I don't even think it probably is. It was all bitcoins. No, no. <laughs> Before there was a bitcoin, it was a bit. Okay. That routine's getting a bit old. All right, here we go. Uh, let's get into the text. Here's the next portion of the text. It says this. That's right. We just keep rolling. Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was standing beside uh, Sambalot, remarked the stone wall would collapse even if a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed. Hear us, O Lord, for we are being mocked. May their scuffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in the presence of your builders. The hardest thing for people to remember, not for God, but for me and for you and for most of us, is that when people insult Christians, they're actually insulting God. It's personal because they use your name, (laughs) and it's personal because you feel it. But God is never distant from any type of attack, whether it's worldly, fleshly, or demonic. Or if Satan is orchestrating something against you, if there's warfare against you, God is just not unaware. When Paul was on that road to Damascus and he got knocked on his keister, and God said, you know, the Lord Jesus said, you know, you're persecuting me. Well, who are you? What do you mean I'm persecuting you? You know, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. I mean, 
it was the church that was being persecuted. But the way God sees it is when you persecute the church, you persecute me. And when you insult my children, you insult me. And when you make fun of them, you make fun of me. And that's the big sin. It's not that you and I are super terrific. In fact, let's just be humble enough to say we are blessed to be the children of God. But when the insult's coming, when the world comes, you know, the, the, what the world has, has done, and I want to use this because you guys, you, you know it, it's directed towards you, even if, if they don't say it directly this way. Whenever they talk about the flat earthers, I mean, 95% of the time they're trying to talk about Christians who are science deniers kind of thing. And it's like, well, we read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, 700 years before science did. And where it says that God sits on the circle of the earth. It's like, we're not having that problem. But that's how they classify. And why they do that is like, they're all dumb. That's how they insult. That's how they mock. You want to be really, truly smart and really, truly intelligent and full of wisdom. Fear the Lord. He, Jesus holds the treasure of all knowledge and wisdom. You want to really be wise or at least proficient in knowing? Fear the Lord, since he holds all wisdom and all knowledge. Get closer to him, because the closer to him you get, the smarter you really are. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, they're not going to change the insults. And stuff, some of that stuff's not going to change, and that's okay. We have a wonderful reward that kind of puts us in our place and enables us to get through it. But draw closer to the Lord. Let the wisdom and the understanding and the glory and the kindness and the peace and the grace and the comfort of God be your strength. And let him mock you. Go ahead. Because the truth of the matter is in eternity, it will be awesome for you. And you will know that your fear of the Lord has brought you true treasure. That's, that's it. The world's fame will disappear when the world disappears. Ours will go with God for all eternity. I signed up for that one. I picked that one. Okay. We'll take our break. We've got a very good segment coming up. You're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? When Joshua was trying to figure out, you know, the Lord and his decision for the Lord, and he, he was doing pretty good and had good training, uh, uh, he made a decision to, to follow the Lord. Then he made a decision that he wanted to really commit to devotions. I told him I was proud of him for that. That's his own decision. He has to make that call. Nobody can choose that. You know, I was listening to something the other day, and this is one of the most bizarre statements. You're never going to hear a more bizarre statement. I hope this gets on the radio. 
You know, you can be born and raised Jewish. You can be born and raised Italian. You can be born and raised in many different things, but you can't be born a Christian. Can't do it. Because you have to make a decision for Jesus Christ. There's no being born a Christian. That doesn't work. That's a lie. You have to make a choice, an individual choice. Your 15 generations of your family could be Christians. When you're born, that does not make you a Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's when you become a Christian. You understand that difference? It's just something that dawned on me. Like, you know, people don't talk that way. Well, he was born in a Christian family. That doesn't mean he's a Christian. Plenty of murderers came out of Christian families. That doesn't mean a thing. That's nothing. But anyway, going back to it, I had to share that because that thought that just really struck me as odd. But the power of our words is, is, is so noticeable. And Jesus says, hey, you know, I got one for you. By your words, you're going to be justified. By your words, you're going to be condemned. So my question to pose is, why? That's so forceful and brutal. And the answer is in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew, you guys like that one, huh? I like that. I can tell people, oh, I like that. Matthew chapter 15. Here's the reason. Verse 18. Matthew 15, 18 says this. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And the reason that Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned is because your words reveal what's in your heart. And you will know, you can listen to other people and know by their speech. And I'm not even talking about coarse language. I'm not talking about swearing. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm not even necessarily talking about negative speech. I'm talking about you will know a person's heart by what they say. The David Spoon Experience. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here you go. A cha- oh, challenging. You want a challenging, challenging trivia. you got to have a challenging trivia question to end this Monday with because it's been so bizarre. It's been one of those fun shows, though. According to the Old Testament, and most specifically the book of Daniel, what name was given to Daniel? A name was given to Daniel. What was that name? Now, without being a doctor... Uh, strategic Christian ministry, I'm going to say that the answer is probably in the book of Daniel. That's what I'm going to go with. What name was given to Daniel? Three people all at the exact same time. Wow, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. Pronunciation is not part of the requirement. Since I'm terrible at that. Uh, 214-210-8483 if you want to text the website. He uh, missed increased that. It's not the last thing I'm supposed to. It's just the email. Boy, oh boy. Email david at he must increase, uh, dot org. Although going to the website is not a bad idea because that's a place where you can give. Anyway, uh, david at he must increase dot org, 214-210-8483 for text. Or you can call in and say hi to Captain Chris, 972-445-0770. And at least now you know why you need to. Pray for Chris. This <laughs> is the show. If you listen to the show for the last hour, you should be like that guy. He only Noel could put up with more. Well, that's true. 
Uh, I have theology as explained by children. We have another one of these. This is uh, I like these. Some of these are are kind of funny. You ready? You have the buzzer ready? Got the okay. All right. Uh, two of these we did before, so you'll have to just because I'm not going to eliminate them. So okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, the first book in the Bible is called Guinness, in which Adam and Eve were created from an apple tree. It's not bad. <laughs> Noah's wife was called Joan of Arc. I think that's just a classic. <laughs> Joan of Arc. Okay. Uh, Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai uh, and then got the Ten Commandments. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, seventh Commandment, thou shalt not admit adultery. Okay. Okay, I got nothing to say about that. Joshua led the Hebrews in the Battle of Jericho. Okay, that's, see, that's a good one, right? I love this one. We've done this before. Solomon has 300 wives and 700 porcupines. <laughs> what is that? Uh, the, this is actually on this piece of paper, and I've said this joke a hundred times in this show. The epistles were the wives of the apostles. That's <laughs> so funny. A godly person should have only one wife. That's called monotony. Okay. And then uh, last but not least, <laughs> I just don't know how these happen this way. Uh, Samson slayed the Philistines with the axe of the apostles. There you go. These are not bad, right? What they do is they ask kids, and then kids give them these responses. and <clears throat> it shows our level of teaching, though. It's kind of sad. All right, uh, the question has been asked. Let's see if you can get the answer. The name, the name, the name of Daniel given to him in the Bible um, by the Nebuchadnezzar crew. If you think you know that, you can call 972-445-0770, text in 214-210-8483, or send an email to david at hemusincrease.org. This last part is probably my favorite part of the whole uh, teaching here on Nehemiah. And uh, the teaching fluctuates as we do different shows and we do different books the teachings go all over the place just like when you read your bible it goes up down up down that's kind of hard to process this i thought was just excellent this is uh verse six of nehemiah four and you should be aware of it because it's important at last the wall was completed to half its original height around the entire area for the people had worked very hard. At last, the wall was completed to half its original height around the entire area for the people had worked very hard. Let's be honest. Okay? Half? Half? Half the height? <laughs> this would be how we would typically respond. Half? You did some of it? Yeah. What we fail to do in Christian progress on a regular basis, individually, collectively, and uh, I would probably say spiritually and psychologically to some degree, is we fail to recognize the smaller victories while we go through a process. We sit there and we look for the end of it to be perfect. Uh, we look for it to be outstanding, and we never recognize that the small steps getting there are a part 
of the process. It is true for our Christian journey. It is true for the different tasks that the Lord has set before us. As I was doing my uh, micro project for my uh, doctorate, one of the things that the author did, which was just lights out fantastic, is he took one statement and he showed that the macro statement, the large side of that statement, uh, was was one thing, and then the micro process of that statement was another. So lit, I'm going to give you kind of an idea of what he said, and you'll you'll catch on pretty fast. The macro statement, the large statement, was: Here is your task. Step back from your desk and go outside. And you would just think, okay, well that's just as silly as you can get, Dave. How simple is that, right? Except. Then the author took the time to say the person given that task was on the 23rd floor of a building. So that person had to push back from their desk, walk over to where an elevator was, obviously wade through people, push the right buttons for the elevator, get down to the right floor on the elevator, exit where he'd probably have to go through security. And so he goes through this litany of steps, and he actually came up with 16 steps. And by the way, I forgot to say that it was within a five-minute time. So he had he had to do it within a certain amount of time. And, and the point he was making is every one of those little steps to accomplish that bigger goal is is a part of that process. It's a part of getting there, and we are terrible at celebrating the little things. It's just like that's that's how you, I can't argue with that. That's me. I do that all the time. I'm terrible at that. I look at the show and I think, oh, as a as a totality, the shows that we're coming on our three year anniversary. So you look at the show, and if you you look at it from a totality point of view, it's like, well, there's been some really good things, really bad things, you know, blah 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 blah. Okay. But you're talking about thousands of engagements and hours and teachings and receivings and ministry blessings and people sharing. And if you really break it down, there's a ton of victories in that. that that's my example to give you right now. But it's also true for your example. There's a ton of very strong victories in your process of moving forward to the Lord and making this decision to do this and trying to do it right before the Lord. Oh, now I'm spending more time with the Lord. and Now I'm spending more devotional time, more separated time. And now that I've done that, I need to get to this next. And it's like all of these small things should be celebrations. And you think, well, that'd be a lot of celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. But what we do is we tend to limit those advancements, and we don't see it, even though Scripture clearly points out in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, that our process of being turned into the image of Christ is a glory-by-glory, step-by-step process. We rarely celebrate the steps. And it's like... I, I'm not sure that's biblical that we do that. I think it's biblical to acknowledge every time we move one step closer to God in whatever capacity that is. Maybe in your own life you just have an hour more of stuff you listen to that's Christian a day, but that then changes 
who you are. You see, everything leads up to, and the Bible says, despise not the day of small things. And when the temple was rebuilt and the people were mourning, people were mourning over the temple. We're going to get to this in the in, in, in one of the texts. The, the, the temple's so crummy compared to what it used to be. And then the prophecy came, the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. Why? Because Jesus was going to be there. Nobody sees that. It's just like, that doesn't look as cool as the other one. That's what we see. That's wrong. We should be more aware that these steps, these progresses, they're fantastic. The Lord loves them. He's coordinated our life for them. Do you know how many thousands of micro steps God has brought into your life as you go through one single day? Just take driving down to this studio. <laughs> just just driving down to this studio. Do you know how many cars probably had to be... <laughs> Like, just think about the driving, just the simple, but God is involved in all of it because he's a God of safety and helps us get to our journey. But you don't think of it in those terms. We just think, oh, I just drove down there. There's no big deal. Celebrate the steps of progress that make you more like Jesus or your situation more surrendered to God. That's what he wants. Like, oh, gosh, I need that so bad. All right. Trivia, 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 trivia. Uh, according to the Old Testament, what new name was given to Daniel? That would be Belshazzar. Belshazzar was the name given to Daniel. It's really funny because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the names that were given. And then throughout the rest of the book, you kind of know them that way. But Daniel, we still know from Daniel. It's one of those weird, like, why did they do that? No, I don't know. I'm sure somebody has a reason. <laughs> they just didn't tell me. All right, folks. Fun, fun day, Monday, Monday, fun day. Well, we try. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.